D-Mob happy, baby. Last <laughs> rank cast of the season. Are you, are you uh, packing your bags for your holly bobs? Um, I haven't got any plans. Every year, though, I do mean to book a holiday for the end of the football season because it always feels like a need a holiday at the end of it. Never, never get one, though. Never more than this season. I think this has been <laughs> the most exhausting post-Ferguson, hasn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, so we've we've got a kind of rough agenda for the day and we've got a few a few things to talk about sort of quickly before we get into big time season review chat. Um and do the rank cast awards because we're <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> oh, because I don't know why. Because this is this is the ninth year that we've been doing them, so I guess we've got to do them again. Um all right, before we before we go any further. There have been two games played since we last uh, recorded. At the end of the last podcast, I said, we're not doing a show after Huddersfield unless something crazy happens. And I didn't mean the kind of crazy that did happen. Huddersfield taking their the first points that any of the bottom three have taken off the top six this season. Just, I mean, I don't know how to describe how bad United were in this game, other than it was up there with with Olympiakos, with West Ham, with all the top five worst that we've discussed quite a few what times. Was the one the other, what was the one the other day that, that the, was the news? Exactly. At every time you think this lot hit a new low, they they say, hold my beer. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, honestly, if they'd been holding beer, literally holding beer and running around uh, that football pitch, they wouldn't have spilled any. That's how much so, effort was being put in by the, I like I hate this narrative honestly I hate it I hate going oh it's all about the effort and passion isn't it but my god they couldn't have said I don't care if it was on a big flashing billboard on top of all their heads and I'm saying all of them here because it was all of them I and mean, there's this magical piece uh, a few seconds um that was uh, going around on Twitter of uh, Luke Shaw's uh, efforts to oh. Get back. This wasn't even Play, the one where... Player of the year. Yeah, yeah. player of the year, Luke Shaw. This wasn't even the one where, where Huddersfield scored, right? which was an abysmal piece of defending. This is one where they were breaking. And he was just sort of ambling back to the left-back spot. And I was watching this at the time, you know, and it was sort of widely shared afterwards, going, my God, if that isn't a symptom of the entire team, they all played like that. It was, it was just, my God. And, and it's not as if that was... Today's performance against Cardiff was unforgivable because pride, yeah? Um, but that was even worse because they actually theoretically had a shot of still making the top four, of making yeah. the Champions League, which is good for the club, of not getting a 25% pay cut, which is good for them. And they still didn't seem to be able to muster the effort, the will, the desire, the whatever to be able to put in a performance. Yeah, and, and this is the, you know, um, I completely know what you mean when you say that the kind of passion and desire narrative is so overblown and frustrating. But the flip side where passion and desire are not important parts of elite sport, like as if as if there's ever been an elite sports person who wasn't ultra committed. All right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's obviously that is a component. That's a component to this whole mess, too. Um the the terrifying thing about that game and I mean Cardiff like at least the performance against Cardiff we were kind of there were attacks after attacks after attacks and you know we had a lot of shots in that game didn't 
add up to much uh, either in terms of well obviously in terms of real goals but even in terms of expected goals we we pipped Cardiff thanks to the incredibly high quality of chance we offered up to them um, in our generous fashion but the really worrying thing about this is the spirit in the camp which for the last three months has obviously I don't know how long it is I'm saying three months but basically when was when was the last time this looked like a united committed behind the manager camp paris is a long long time yeah exactly like ever since then and then the arsenal game after that we were we were pretty good in that game um or we certainly were good for periods of that game but the last month in particular month and a half god it's been I, i don't I don't know how anyone's got any hope. Like I was really excited for Solskjaer to get the job permanently. And I really, I kind of, um, I really have bought into the idea of him having a bit of something about him. Uh, I remember this, this documentary where MUTV went to Mulder that I keep talking about where he just was so authoritative and in control and watching him at the end of the season awards and watching him just generally like, uh, that's what this club is about. FC is not going to last any longer. Like he's lost all his gravitas. He's lost everything. It's, it's pretty abundantly clear that he has in record time, lost the dressing room, whether he can find it again, bring in some key signings that will reinvigorate the place. You know, I'm not saying we should sack him because it's, I mean, that would be ridiculous, but uh, it's very upsetting how quickly and how dramatically it's all gone wrong in it. Yeah, I mean, really quickly, there there have been an awful lot of leaks coming out of that dressing room about the unhappiness of players, especially uh, in terms of contracts. They're all going to be taking this big pay cut, as I mentioned. There's uh, Pogba's um, people are clearly trying to get him away. And uh, De Gea stalling on new contract. Meanwhile, Alexis Sanchez gets a £75,000 bonus for just stepping onto the pitch and another £75,000 for sorry, ninety thousand pounds we now know uh, for scoring a goal and twenty five thousand for an assist. I mean, fortunately, the club's bankers <laughs> haven't had to pay that out very much. Why, why does why doesn't he try and get them then? Like you'd think, you'd think they'd mm. be like, oh, I get so because, much money every time. Because I get he's not one very of good. There's a piece in UWS, the the one that just came out today, um, uh, saying that uh, Arsenal had uh, were, were delighted to get rid of him because uh, they believed his legs had gone and had the data to prove it. And I think um, I remember at the time uh, we had a discussion about that, and that I'm pretty sure I mentioned something about Arsenal are very good sellers. Uh, and Wenger yeah. was, you know, he and over the years he, he's got rid of players like not too many players left Arsenal and got better. Apart from Robin Van Persie. Apart from, yeah, yeah. Right, for six months or something. <laughs> yeah. Almost a year. Uh, so well anyway, it. I mean, yeah, look, um, everyone was terrible in this game. Uh, they've been terrible, terrible for a month. They don't seem to be able to rouse themselves. I mean, like, the where I do buy into the effort narrative is, well, if they're in poor form, at least bloody run. Like, yeah, that's free, no, I mean, mate. Absolutely. That is free. And... And uh, I've given a, a lot of pass on this this um, this pod, haven't I? Because, um, as Solskjaer says, like every third sentence in his press conferences, they're not fit enough. And he was trying to play this high-intensity game. They got a bunch of injuries. He stopped that. You know, the tactical change has been pretty damaging for United, and and that's uh, kind of cope with the injuries one and and the lack of fitness too. But I mean, at least go for an hour. What's the excuse in the first five minutes? Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Cardiff then, uh, the nice thing about it was Mason Greenwood in the starting 11. He should have got about uh, five, shouldn't he? 
Yeah, seven shots on goal. Um, He's never going to make Greenwood. it. Been him already. Uh, <laughs> um, by miles and miles and miles, the 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 kind of um, got into the best positions uh, of any United player when he was taking That's shots. Right, and, yeah. and he is a natural. I definitely, I definitely think he should be in the starting eleven for the first game of next season. I think I think we should be looking at Martial, Rashford, and and uh, Greenwood next season for the front three. We'll we'll, uh, we'll come on to that one, right? That's uh, yeah, absolutely. a yeah uh, topic point on this. Um, yeah, like, I was. I was um, Pretty excited to see him and uh, that that balance that he's got that has been really evident in the the, the under eighteens and the under twenty threes. This side was evident in in the first team, wasn't it? And he gets into really nice positions and he's able to pass players. I was really surprised. One really good chance he had, he sort of tried to who poke it with the outside of his left foot. He scored mm. fifteen goals with his right foot this season, or something like yeah. that. You know. Um, I guess nerves getting to him, but it was it was really nice. So in the in the United app before the game, um, they had a, the starting eleven and he said, "Which is the player that you're most excited to see uh, in today's game?" And and uh, Greenwood got like seventy percent, one percent of people vote Chris Smalling. <laughs> That's like definitely Chris Smalling's family, isn't it? Um, <laughs> or Cardiff fans, as uh, was evidenced by some of the things that happened. Uh, the the penalty was not a penalty, in my opinion. Definitely I, not. I felt like VAR would have chalked that off, and we'll find out next season um, what that's like in the Prem. Yeah, they were they were actually running a test today, so although it wasn't used, um, and they're not going to have the pitch side <laughs> VAR system, are they, in the Premier League next season? It's going to be sort of all done from their, um, their HQ, which is in uh, West London somewhere, I can't remember. Um, like, you know, the, the, it's like the Nats control centre, isn't it? But for referee and Skynet, isn't it? That's yeah, what it is. That's, that's right. Skynet. That's right. Uh, so they have a, a panel of referees with loads of uh, loads of screens on looking at it. Um, I, I wonder what they would have come back with that one. Surely, surely yeah. it would have been a white no top. Pen. But yeah, I, I kind of, you know, in a way, I think that system's a bit better without having a long, uh, long rant about VAR just because the the whole referees going to the side of the pit is dramatic for people watching on TV, but in a stadium, especially in a stadium like Old Trafford that hasn't got any screens, or not, mm. at least not any good ones, it's just dead air. Yeah, uh, and, absolutely. And you know, that, lack of, that lack of clarity will be a real problem. I mean, perhaps Tottenham fans might disagree with that, but they've obviously got some pretty good screens at their new stadium. They had they had quite the moment with the, the VAR no goal offside. Someone, a friend of mine who's a Tottenham blogger, put out T-shirts that said VAR offside no goal, <laughs> which is really, really funny. And we'll talk a little bit about the Champions League in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I've got nothing else to say about the Cardiff game. Uh, the goal that we considered was hilariously appalling. I mean, listen, worth pointing out that Pogba, McTominay, Pereira, Link, Guard, Rashford, Greenwood all started this club, this club, this club. Um, and then Gomez came on this club, this club. Uh, so a lot, a lot of this club action, um, uh, which is, which oh, is great. Now, unfortunately, this club is also about losing 2-0 to Cardiff. And Cardiff fans singing, you're just a rubbish Neil Warnock at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Listen, you pathetic weasels. You are relegated what you deserve with that absolute Brexit scumbag at your helm. Uh, anyway, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the the whole Does, this club thing. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's starting to grate. I've got to be honest. Oh, uh, United this... playing not only in the press um, uh, and the marketing on you know the history and stuff like that. I I, I half expect any lack of signings this summer 
to then be put down to uh, it's all going to be about youth <laughs> it's, it's in it's in the recent history of this club that we invest poorly in the transfer window <laughs> that's that's what our traditions have been terrible are built on don't you know uh talking of which um uh jamie carragher calling out gary neville for his pathetic uh lack of engagement with the glazer glazer ownership um all would all uh, Neville's criticisms basically aimed at Ed Woodward. Uh, yeah. Never mentions the Glazers, and Jamie Carragher called him out. Never, never does. It, I mean, it was interesting. It started with um, a Carragher tweet uh, about um, about the press coverage of Liverpool, and um, uh, Neville said, "Oh yeah, it's hard working in TV because seventy five percent of the media are scouts or something like that," and. Um, uh, Carragher said back, "Well, we let you have your little rant about Ed Woodward every week, don't we?" Uh, and um, then, but no word on the Glazers, eh? Uh, and all Gary Neville came back with was uh, "ooh" and a emoji of a salt shaker, which was really a pathetic response. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I just uh, was scrolling back through Gary Neville's uh, tweets, which brought me to something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, Jeff Boycott has said, when MUTV requested an interview at the Player of the Year Awards, I don't believe my answers were untrue or unfair. The newspaper headlines are at it again, making out I slag people off. Please listen to the whole interview and not just the certain comments in certain newspapers. I've supported our club for 55 years and was delighted to be a guest at the Player of the Year Awards, but I won't lie about this year's football. I've loved Man United through good times and bads and and will continue to but i don't look at everything through red colored spectacles now this if so there are listeners all over the world listening to this podcast some of them are in america where they don't have cricket so they won't know who jeff boycott is but (laughs) but um jeff boycott is a a genuinely legendary cricketer an england legend but the other thing that he is legendary for is being an absolute curmudgeon and a complete like tell it like it is merchant. I, I mean what did they think was going to happen <laughs> honestly so so the thing about these tweets is if you haven't heard this interview because uh, me and ed both caught this live i didn't watch the whole player of the year awards but because it was free in the app i was like doing the washing up and i had the awards on in the background and i just happened to catch this and it was glorious so mark sullivan who you know is paid up member of the MUTV Pravda squad, like he's doing his job. That's what he's got to do. Um, he says to Boycott, what does this club mean to you? And Boycott goes, well, this year, disappointment. <laughs> it, was, it was great. So it was hilariously off script. Um, just, yeah, just beautiful. Just, and just, and he did slag Solskjaer off as well, by yeah. the way. Like, he might say he didn't, but when um, when Sullivan said, but of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he'll know what it was like to be in the dressing room with Roy Keane and Alex Ferguson. And Boycott goes, well, he hasn't got the experience, though, has he? <laughs> Cardiff, where he resigned honourably. <laughs> and then a club in his own country, which isn't exactly the premiership. Can you tell I've watched this interview like four times? It was very funny anyway. Jeff Boycott, for our uh, our overseas listeners, was uh, not only a famous curmudgeon post uh, post retirement, uh, but um, the man who would straight bat everything. I- I'm trying to think if there's a sports equivalent like bunting it in baseball. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd do that. Yeah, all the time. Famous for it, and it was just impossible <laughs> yeah. to get him out. Um, yeah, he's I'll, that I'll kind of he's that kind of. St- Stubborn, stubborn man. <laughs> He's a Catanacho cricketer. Um, um, yeah. 
Uh, I enjoyed that. But, anyway, uh, MUTV Award. <laughs> Do you want to go through them? Um, oh, I don't know. Congratulations to Mason Greenwood and Taif Chong for being the most famous players in their respective teams. I mean, they, they, you know, I'm not saying they don't deserve the awards. Greenwood's had an absolutely unbelievable season, obviously. Um, but, but that award just goes to youth team players who have played for the first team mostly. Yeah, yeah, mostly. I mean, there, there are quite a few, I think, um, who are in the reserves who could, uh, could be in with a shout. Of this one, um, Jim Gardner's had a really excellent season as well. I mean, Chong's had a good one. United is struggling at youth and reserve level. I mean, they're playing in the second division of the reserve level, um, and and youth uh, under 18s getting better, but it has been a bit of a disaster for a few years. So uh, Greenwood's a, a real bright spark um, there, and a few others, you know, have got talent, uh, and we haven't seen them progress yet. And hopefully he'll get a chance. I mean, you know, it's he deserves his award. Hopefully he'll get a chance um, in yeah. the first team squad. I mean, it is t- it's two, almost two years to the day since Angel Gomez made his debut as well. And he's yeah. he's not had much of a chance in the first team in that time. Uh, goal of the season. I think we should save that. And Pereira won it, but we'll save the chat about it for when we do our yep. own goal of the season award. And of course, uh, first time United had a women's team award. I assume so anyway. Were these awards going when United last had the women's team the year before oh, the good, Glazers chopped good, the team up? Good question. No idea. I mean, we had Player of the Year awards, obviously, but I'm not sure if they... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, don't don't remember. I, yeah. Uh, anyway, Katie Zellum won. Uh, probably um, her and uh, Molly Greenwood, um, uh, probably, you know, the outstanding players in the, the women's team this season. Um, but she well deserves it. It's been a really like this is a a bright spot in in United's teams this year. Won the uh, women's championship by miles and miles and miles. Um, a team formed from nothing, mostly free transfers from um, women's super league teams, uh, and gone up at the first time of asking. And and it'll be a good test for them next year. I I assume they'll bring in some new players uh, to strengthen that squad. They had a few games against. Um, Rim Super League teams this season, didn't they? Uh, Arsenal in that semi-final, Reading. I think there was another. You know, one. you've said this. You know, you've said this every week for the last three weeks. Have I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm getting my old age and getting repetitive. A bit like boycott. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, good, good, good win for her. Yeah. Um, talking of the need to strengthen in the summer, Luke Shaw won both United's Player oh, of the God. Season awards. I mean, this is honestly United's conceded more goals in this season than in any of the Premier League seasons. I think I'm right in saying that as going around. Uh, and Lucio won it. And, I mean, I suppose you could give a shout for Victor Lindelof being close. I mean, I have to say, yeah. isn't this... The, he won both of them. So, you know, obviously thousands of people vote for the, the, uh, the fans player. But it's just the first team that votes for the... Players player, so you can win with like six votes or something, probably. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to get a pretty, a pretty significant split to win it with just six votes, wouldn't you? Do you think they lobby for it? Luke Shaw's like getting Andreas Pereira on the phone, being like, "Come on, Andreas, I'll buy, I'll buy you a new PlayStation or whatever." You vote me, I vote you. I think they can probably afford their own PlayStations, can't they? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, Rumor going around. They should carry that- on playing with the PlayStations. No good on the fucking pitch, are they? Rumour going around that Jose Mourinho had a private detective watching Luke Shaw because he believed he was secretly ordering KFC late at night. 
whether whether that is true or not, I have no idea. But you see, it used to be me. Fergie, didn't it? I mean, he'd have his yeah. he'd have his moles around town, and then he'd turn up at whatever party sharp and gigs are at. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Um, but yeah, Luke Shaw, uh, Scott from Republican Mancunia wrote uh, an article after the awards describing Luke Shaw as the worst player of the year in Manchester United's history. <laughs> and I think that's absolutely accurate. Yeah, um, I mean, look, there are times, I mean, his, it's his best season at the club, which says something, sure. I suppose. And there were times when, you know, in, in that sort of purple patch, post Jose pre disaster. Uh, when he looked like he was becoming the player we hoped he'd become. The thing is, though, the post-Jose pre-disaster, there were other players playing better than Shaw. Yeah. The, the the thing that's won it for him is, like, least worst for most of the season. Like, he's just been like, yeah, Luke Shaw, I guess. That's like, that's the player of the year voting this year. Um, I, as we'll come to later, I'm not necessarily sure that would even be my choice of the least offensive choice for player of the year but I I don't think I don't think Scott's argument was he's the least deserving of all player of the years because I don't think he is I think the argument is it's just like if you compare him to every other player's season that's won this award before ever every single one of them's been better than Luke Shaw's season this season um so yeah uh, that that was grim talking of uh players that won player of the year awards in difficult circumstances one said goodbye in a very emotional video circulated on United's social media channels. Uh, Ander Herrera is, uh, as we all kind of knew, but we now definitely know, uh, well, basically has left Man United. Um, that's it. And we'll never see Ander Herrera in a red shirt again, except in testimonials. You know he's playing in every single testimonial he can for the rest of his life. <laughs> Yeah, and there've been there's been a lot of discussion about it and a, a lot of sort of um salty words from the press. So uh I, I, I think it's it's okay to hold a few things in your head at the same time here. W- one is th- this was a balls up by United. Sh- should have done this deal eighteen months ago and he'd be staying probably at a bump on his wages, but much less than he's gonna earn at Paris Saint Germain, and he would have been happy with that. And we'd have kept a, a squad player who was an important part of that that post Jose bump, wasn't he? You know, and him being out. He's from... been an imp- he's been an important part of every good thing that's happened since he arrived at United, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, and uh, and him being out for a month or close to a month was uh, was a real blow. Uh, so there's there's that thing. There's there's also the the thing that says, well, United could, in theory, upgrade. Herrera. I mean, he. I'm not sure you could guarantee him a starting spot in any of the top, the, the five clubs above us. You know, maybe Arsenal, but I don't think you could. Uh, and but then there's the third thing, and this is the worrying thing. My level of faith in the club finding a player that's as good or better than Herrera is zero. Herrera starts for every Premier League team above us, apart from City. He 100% starts for Tottenham. It's not even close. Uh, Liverpool's midfield is whatever. So so which one of uh, Sissoko, Dembele, Ali, Son? Dembele, who plays plays in China, (laughs) um, by the way, doesn't doesn't play for them. Oh, like... uh, (laughs) Tottenham Hotspur's deep-lying midfield options are, like, 
being held together by Pochettino and a piece of string. Herrera's natural level is so far above, honestly, the, the slander that under Herrera's received on this show and in the wider world. He's been ruined by Man United. He never should have come near us. It's such a shame that Ander Herrera decided to come to Man United and be abused and used by How, how many games do you reckon he'll start for Paris Saint-Germain? Let, let's take a... Let's take a... A number now, like Paris Saint Germain, can play sixty games next season. Give give me a number. Uh, Thirty-eight in the league, and he's going to start every the... single game in the league without a question. Why wouldn't he? He's under Herrera. No, I don't know. Thirty, but the 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 he he's better than any of Chelsea's midfielders apart from Mangolo Kante. We've done this before, but anyway, um, the 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 genuine thing that I wanted to say is. His United career has just been horrible because because of the way he's been used. Because he's had bad games, obviously, when he's when he's been in the team. But his good game to bad game ratio is very favourable to him. The the thing that's happened to him, he's just been chopped and changed all around. He was he was wasted by Van Hal for the first two halves, like first half of Van Hal's first season and the first half of his second season. Almost all the good football under Van Gaal had Herrera as a key part of it, especially when it was really good. Jose reinvented him as a six because he couldn't think of a better way of using him and then wasted two years of his career on that nonsense. Like, it's a shambles. Four years down the absolute yeah. drain. I, th- I think he, he was always a six out of ten, wasn't he? <laughs> what, what's up with you and under Herrera? Like, when, when did this happen? No, no, look. Um, I, I, look, I, he, is, he is the closest thing we've got to Nicky Butt. Which it is my feeling about it. He's a good player, not a great player. Um, you need you need the Nicky Butts in your squad uh, to do well, and and um, he has he has done well for periods of his United career. And I think it's a real shame that United have, have buggered this one up. He should be staying. Uh, he's not I, worth three hundred grand a week, but he would have he would have accepted way 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 less than that if this deal had been done eighteen months. Yeah, and and by the way, I I. Um, I don't think he's worth 300 grand a week either. But the the thing that I think is United have messed up under Herrera since the day he arrived. That's the that's the that's the, my overwhelming feeling. It's just here is a player who's been messed about by the managers of this club, this club, um, far 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 too much. And and I wish him very well in the future. And I hope he wins. I don't know. He's at PSG, so I can't hope he wins anything. But <laughs> he will win a million. Uh, league titles in the next four years, won't he? Well, well, I'm going to guess it's probably more likely to four league titles. He's going to win the next yeah, don't, four don't, years. Don't they, give him, don't they give him an extra one for how many points they finish ahead every season? Probably. Uh, so, uh, talking of him starting for teams above us, I reckon he would start for either of the Champions League finalists um, in the Champions League final. Uh, fo- football's a bit crazy, isn't it, Ed? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean... Uh, these these things happen, don't they? Last minute winners. We, we've had a few in European competitions down the years. I mean, Liverpool talking about getting misty eyed about it. Liverpool were three nil down against a team with Leo Messi in it, and Tottenham won with the last kick of the game, two games in a row. And you're like, ah, you know what? These things happen. No, football isn't romantic and amazing. It's just it's just a statistical quirk. Also, <laughs> under Herrera's rubbish. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed the Spurs game an awful lot more than the Liverpool game. <laughs> Got to admit that one. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I actually kind of felt slightly nauseous watching that 
Liverpool game. Really bizarre how flat Barcelona were. I mean, you know, okay, there was a good atmosphere at Anfield. They they turn it on once in a while, don't they, um, for their gathering press? Uh, and and it was you know, they were every shot they had they were scoring with, basically. Uh, but like Barcelona, so flat. What you know, like one goal broke them basically, and then they just went in it after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, weird, weird how, like, well, I mean, you know, listen, that first game, Barcelona were not all that good. It's just Messi took the game by the scruff of the neck for a few minutes and he was never able to do that in that, in that second leg. And uh, you have to, you have to give credit to the way Liverpool played as well. I mean, they, they handled Messi really well. They crowded him out really effectively. It was, it was, uh, it was, completely remarkable of course and then like then the next night it was kind of even more exciting the Spurs game not just the tribalist side of it but the the way it went down with Spurs because it because it was a turnaround within a half wasn't it yeah right and I mean like standalone Liverpool winning 4-0 was a remarkable result but it didn't make it that exciting unless you really wanted Liverpool to win which obviously (laughs) I didn't (laughs) This one was different oh, really? because I didn't really have a preference Ajax or Spurs. I suppose probably Ajax because they're the uh, you know they've got a, a budget the third of size of Spurs is and and it's an exciting young team who will all be playing in Barcelona next season uh, by the looks of it. Um, but yeah, Spurs were it went that bad in the first half. I actually thought they created some good chances. They were just a bit loose defensively, weren't they? Um, and uh, Ajax was zipping the ball around really quickly, uh, and Pochettino um, demonstrated once again why he would have been a fine signing for Manchester United uh, by winning the game with a good change. I mean, like, he he threw on Lorente and Spurs went long ball. A- yeah, he, and it absolutely half- destroyed Ajax. He definitely watched the highlights of the UEFA League, the Europa League final against yeah. us at half Well, maybe at Jose on. Jose, what should I do? Hoof <laughs> it. Can you not knock Lump it? it up to the, lob it up to the big man! <laughs> it totally worked. Totally worked. Uh, Lucas Moura, who is a fascist, um, scored an incredible hat-trick. That, the, the second and third goals in that hat-trick, the second one where it's all bobbling around like that, when you get a goal mouth scramble and like a brilliant chance is cleared, it is so rare that the attacking side then get their heads together quick enough to score in the immediate aftermath of that. Those things seem to get cleared every time, but he did absolutely brilliantly. And then his finish for the third under that level of pressure, Ali's touch as well for the pasta Mora. Totally remarkable, and maybe uh, maybe Fergie was wrong when he chose not to spend when he said it was crazy to spend thirty million pound on a teenager some ten years after he'd spent thirty million pound. Well, yeah, I mean, more is interesting, isn't he? Uh, not just for his uh, far right views, uh, but for the sort of in and out performances he's had over his career. I mean, he, he seems to be putting it together for Spurs, and he's flexible that he plays in a number of positions, often off the right, but up front. Uh, with Kane and Son not available or Kane not available uh, for this one. And, and you know, he's been, uh, like, at, what, 25 million? He's been a, a really good purchase for for Spurs. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's got them a place in the Champions League final, which has certainly paid that feedback pretty uh, I just, the, the really interesting thing, apart from, like, Spurs going long ball, was 
how quickly Ajax crumbled. And they've just been so composed in this season's Champions League. You didn't really expect that. And and it was the player that like everyone is going on about and like I mentioned in our um in our transfer piece a couple of months ago, and Matisse Delict, who who just melted, just couldn't cope with it. And I mean he'll learn something from that. He's too good a player, uh, I think, to spend his career being singled out by uh by long balls to big men. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen too often in Spain, is it? Um, but no. uh, but yeah, that was it was a pretty you know pretty crude way of uh, of doing it. But one you figure that they they'd worked out beforehand as a as a potential fallback. Yeah, and now we're in a position where there are. I mean, if you told us ten years ago when we started this podcast that we would be. Uh, Ten, four out of the four European finalists would be British clubs and United would be nowhere near and finishing sixth. I think we would have been quite surprised. Um, a kind of weird quirk that neither Manchester club is is part of it and that three London clubs are in, in the finals of these things. That's, that, is, that is surprising. Where's um, Arsene Wenger claiming a power shift to London when you need him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that City just won the league, of course, and just just nipping Liverpool like we're recording obviously after that's all done and dusted and the worst possible outcome is avoided for Man United fans uh with with a tribalist bent um I think I'm not totally comfortable with being like oh yeah I'm glad that the team funded by uh soft power and financial doping have beaten a team who've like organically grown it by no, backing a really good manager in the transfer market. I, I, and, and yeah, I, I did this whole piece uh, on the ESPN podcast a few months back. Uh, Neil Henderson from uh, Anfield Rap, and um, my my argument, my the way I uh, rationalise this one is like some you know massive rationalisation is yes, absolutely, City uh, are doing this soft power and a. For, for an abusive regime, so we forget about their terrible human rights record, uh, and um, and it's you know crude financial doping, which we now know the uh, one billion pound extent of, don't we? And it's disgusting. But they're not a real club. This is you know a kind of crusty, sheeted, wet dream for some Emirati uh, to, uh, to to broadcast their greatness around the world. So um, that's uh, that's how I. Uh, rid myself so you, of the fact that they had to win. So, you know, I'm making your argument for you, but at least they beat us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, using the evil powers for good. No, I don't know. I, in the in the end, I just felt very flat about the whole thing. Um, and, of course, for... for I have to say, so my... I've been thinking a lot about tribalism lately, and I'm not going to go into that on this podcast, which is mostly for people who are super into tribalism. Um, but it's going to be a lot easier in the Champions League t- t- final because I've always quite liked Spurs. So, like, that's Spurs have always been a team that I've not felt negatively towards. We would always have amazing games with them and batter them. And, uh, and yeah, c- come on, new Spurs, etc. They're hotshot Tottenham. They are the super Spurs. Everybody knows they're the football connoisseurs in the immortal words of Chaz and Dave. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're besties, right? You, Chaz yeah, and uh, absolutely. Juan, uh, who I yeah. suspect um, is also doing one, isn't he? Uh, along with Ander. Um, he's uh, he's we'll not see. signed. Well, it's not been announced that he didn't have a, a teary departure video. Um, 
Um, he definitely will if he goes, though, won't he? Yeah. Uh, he's got he's got a year left on his contract, though, right? No, I think he's done. Oh, right. I think he's done. They triggered the one year last oh. year, and yeah, he's uh, he's out of contract. And they have offered him a new one year, but he's uh, he's probably looking for something more than that. I mean, we should kind of don't blame players when they're offered one year because an injury, you know, it might be low risk, but once you get into your 30s, an, an injury mm-hmm. could, uh, like, end and, and you can go somewhere, pick up good money or disappear to China and, like, make him for the rest of his life. Yeah. I, I wonder whether he'll do the, in yes, the Japanese league because it's, like, slightly more hipstery than going to China for the money, isn't it? It's, like, kind of a little, sort of, it's like a bit more cool and left field to do Japan for the money. It'll take some time to close on the top. We finished five or six points behind third, fourth, fifth, and that has to be our aim. The top two teams have set a higher standard than before, and we have to take up the next challenge, said David Moyes in Mm-mm. 2014. No, said Ollie. <laughs> He's become a bit Moyes, hasn't he? I mean, it happens to them all. They all they all fall down. It happened to Van Hal. I mean, Mourinho didn't have to go far to get into Glum, glum negativity, but yeah, Solskjaer—he's gone full. He's gone fully down that route of uh, from yeah. Of course, this team has to be challenging for the Premier League title too. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these idiots. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, talking of idiots. What's going on with the UEFA proposals to change the Champions League, Ed? Well, yeah, leaked and uh, AP published a story this week uh, with um, uh, shots of a. PowerPoint presentation. It's all been driven by uh, Agnelli, um, who is the chairman of uh, Juventus. Uh, the proposal is from 2024. They'd shift instead of the Champions League and uh, Europa League, they'd shift into three versions. So the, you know, the main Champions League, Champions League Two, and Champions League Three, or whatever they'll call them. Um, uh, and so back to three competitions, but the, the big change being. Um, promotion and relegation between the three competitions, a shift from eight groups of four to four groups of eight, so a guaranteed more games, um, and no guaranteed passage from nation National League into the main competition. So, uh, in fact, like the only passage uh, from National Leagues is into the third-tier competition. There's four spots only, I think, uh, would go into the qualifying rounds of the of the the Champions League here um, under this proposal. Uh, and I think the four semi-finalists from the Europa League or whatever the second division is called uh, would also make into the qualifying ground. So um, basically a lock-up for the big clubs uh, who can share more of the TV money, presumably. And also another trophy for us when we win Champions League 3 in a few <laughs> years' time. Yeah, after a couple of relegations. Because, you know, <laughs> United do uh, still pull in the crowds on TV, so that they would be in this one because it what surely is cool. based not on merits and based on uh, the size of your TV pool. Grandfathered in on the basis that we were good once. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a really awful proposal, of course. So I'm on a, a number of levels, so anti-competitive bit. So you know, removing relegation, it would destroy the the quality of national leagues. I would imagine it would mean you're playing basically. A, but like the special thing about European football is you don't play these teams every week. I think it, yeah. it ceases to become special, uh, and uh, an awful lot more of these games become. And and like I think the group stages of the Champions League quite often dull now, uh, let alone making that drag on for 14 games. 
um, albeit against. Well, no, it wouldn't be against to quality competition. I mean, yeah, well, maybe it would because you'd be playing third and fourth place from the big teams rather than the Lithuanian champions or something. But yeah, it's it's just awful. It's awful for the fans. It's uh, it's, it's, it's awful for competition. And the only thing is, it will do is make an awful lot more money, which the big clubs will then spend on transfer fees and wages. The uh, I guess it's it's Go all ahead. about trying to fend off the European Super League, right? That's that's what they're trying to do. We talked. But this about is this a when... European Super League, basically. Mm. I mean, if yeah. you're guaranteed 14 games, and then you go for another two, four, six, seven to win it, that's half a season. Of European yeah, football, yeah. More, right? 21 games. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's good that football as a whole is doomed. That will that will time well with it. I mean, it will matter less that we're doomed then. Because like, if football is like, good and we're terrible, that'll, that'll be difficult. But if football's just rubbish and, uh, and depressing, then it won't matter that we're also rubbish and depressing. We'll just be part of the whole vibe. It's a bit like, it's a bit like Donald Trump and climate change happening at the same time. Yeah, there was a there was a report out um, uh, last month uh, from NASA um, about uh, an asteroid, which, you know, a few years ago, they were they weren't quite sure of the uh, chances of it hitting Earth. And this thing's pretty big. I think it's like Dean kilometers. So it would end all life on Earth. Um, They're saying now probably going to pass about 25,000 miles away from Earth, but there's still just less than one percent chance that they got that wrong and it will hit us and end all life. Before the start of the new season, I mean, I mean, know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, small mercies. Um, all right, come on, let's give out some awards to people that don't deserve it whatsoever. All right, so um, I think we should start with just to get it out of the way. Worst performance of the season, and, and I've got a few nominees for you. Uh, Manchester United, well, West Ham three, Manchester United one. That's my that's my first uh, candidate there. I think um, it's a very strong candidate. Go on then. What <laughs> what else we got? Uh, oh God, these these dying days of. Um, oh, I tell you what, we won this game, but Manchester United won. Young boys nil. Turgy, um, proper turgy. Yeah. Oh, Crystal Palace. Man United nil. Crystal Palace nil. Yeah, bad. Oh, well, that that was really bad. All right, and then bad. we come to those are all all Mourinho era. You've forgotten uh, Liverpool three, United one. I mean, in December. Yeah, that was really bad. That was really it? bad. Okay, um, Valencia and then, two, and then, United one. Just before that, that was really bad I, as well. It it was, but it's away at Valencia, so I discounted that. No, for, no, you know. no, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. So yeah, it was, but it's not going to win. That's definitely not going to win. So uh, now we have to come to the Solskjaer era, and uh, I think we should probably start with. Um, when it started to get really grim, uh, Everton four, Manchester United nil, <laughs> um, and then well, I, I lost two one away at Wolves before that. That was bad. I mean, the, the loss at Arsenal just before that wasn't so bad, was it? Are you, there's no way a two one loss away at Wolves is going to compete with the West Ham game or that four nil <laughs> loss to oh, Everton. No, I'm just don't, discussing don't, the merits of potential these, options. <laughs> Don't chuck these also rans into the mix where we've got elite competition here. We are talking about the creme de la creme of poop. Um, but I tell you what, even though it's not a loss, Huddersfield won, Manchester United won. 
I, the only thing I've seen of that is the Luke Shaw clip, and uh, and that's going on my list just for that moment. <laughs> God, uh, I mean, just the Big Mac down the end. Oh no, no, sorry, it's it's a family bucket, isn't it? Uh, so like, yeah, dog track. Come on, Lukey, come on, Luke, you can do it. Uh, no, for me, um, for me, well, are we, we going to pick a winner out of all this? Yeah, we got to. For me, it's West Ham. It, it was just, this was a cry for help. Um, you know, they say uh, cut, cut across the wrists for, um, for, uh, to make a statement, cut down to make an impact, right? This was cutting down. This was Jose going, I've, I'm at the end. Help me. Ed, I'm sorry to say this, but um, could you come up with a different analogy? <laughs> given that the Samaritans ask that uh, you don't people in give the media advice. don't don't give specific advice, <laughs> and I'm a mental health professional. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you. You know, for me, it has to be United at West Ham. This was just such a desperate cry for help from Jose Mourinho. I mean, he went with three at the back, two of which were midfielders. Uh, and United proceeded to perform uh, in the most abject manner. But it, it was just set up by the manager who was like, you know, we need to lose and please sack me. I want my payoff. That game, just looking at the starting eleven, is absolutely hilarious. But yeah, I mean, I have to say, I don't know if that was worse than some of the stuff that we've been served up in the last month. It's got so but Everton for because right, that West Ham game, like, the season was over at that point. We had nothing to play for, even though it was much earlier in the season, paradoxically. Like that was done. We were just in the death throes of something. Everton for Manchester United nil was a game we desperately needed to win to like prove that that the upsurge in optimism hadn't been a fluke and that, you know, we were seriously like we'd got ourselves into position to definitely like we were well ahead in the top four race like we should definitely have been winning that top four race comfy comfy two spots available and we just like started chucking stuff out the window to just try and maintain air as the hot air balloon like desperately started to crash into the ground and and the thing about the 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 game against Everton is like the West Ham game there's some mitigation in a way because it is a cry for help from the manager. So, like, what are the players supposed to do under those circumstances? But, like, De Gea, Lindelof, Smalling, Jones, Dallow, Pogba, Matic, Fred, Rashford, Lukaku, Martial. That's, like, two or three players away in a 4-3-3, totally normal, same formation. You don't read that starting eleven and go, oh, no, oh, what's he doing? You know, and yet we lost 4-0 to Everton. We scored a goal in the West Ham game as well. Which, <laughs> like there were four yeah. goals in both of those games. Yeah, no, it's it's a good it's a good argument. I'm still going with West Ham, but um, you know, we can have more than one winner in this category because there've okay, been just right, yeah. so many. It, it's deserved, isn't it? All right, so I guess we should um, we should follow up with best performance of the season to kind of kind of pick up the thing because, as I said at the start of the show, and as everybody knows, this hasn't been a universally depressing season. There was an incredible run in the middle of it. Um, which of those was your favourite? Well, favourite or best performance, because I think those are two different okay. things. Okay, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Best performance. Yeah, um, best performance, I mean, maybe the first one at Cardiff, where United completely destroyed them, although it is against Cardiff. So, you know, could that, I don't know, 
Um, uh, the 3-1 win at Arsenal was hugely enjoyable, wasn't it, uh, in the FA Cup? Um, the the win against Chelsea in the FA Cup as well was like even it was different, yeah, because uh, it wasn't playing on the break, but it was just really controlled. And then uh, the win at Tottenham, not the same kind of level of performance, um, but enjoyable. So well, maybe that, that maybe Arsenal... the maybe the win at Arsenal was uh, kind of the one. But the, I think that's very it's very interesting that you pick a game where we had like less shots than them, less possession than them. Like it was it was a good counter attacking performance, but. Well, there was a lot a plan. of good, good fortune in that, wasn't there? Like that, that we had thirty-seven percent possession in that game and eight shots to Arsenal's thirteen. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I can give that best performance. I, I think I, I think I preferred. Ultimately, I preferred um, some of the games where we were sort of more in control and dominant and and pressing really high up the pitch in a way than uh, I think. I think that's when we looked at our best was when we were when we were when we were getting the ball off teams in their final in the final third rather than just like soaking up pressure and hitting on the break um so i think i think i might go for i might go for the 5-1 against cardiff especially after today i'm just bitter about it i, I think it's probably worth giving a shout out as well to um uh the juventus game just the last 10 minutes of the juventus game obviously overall that game we didn't play very well but those those last 10 minutes were absolutely remarkable um, when we engineered that comeback and, and won 2 1 when Mourinho was still in charge. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago. Really now. does. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm struggling with this because they haven't been that good performances, have they? That that period we're talking about where United were pressing high and taking it to teams. And it was four games. It, it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, most of the time under Ollie, it's been bad. I mean, we we love him and he's a hero and all that, but yeah. it's been really bad even when United were winning. I mean, there was a certain logic to it. Look, we're going to have 25% possession and hit teams on the break and we're going to try and steal the ball in the, the final third to, to engineer mistakes. But it's just not a lot of that. Not a lot of good stuff. Uh, and then we have to talk about, of course, because I'm sure this is this is what you were saying when you were differentiating favourite or best. The absolute best moment of the season. Oh yeah, I think I think this is the same for everyone. I can't imagine anyone else is picking anything other than that. The the, the game that ended it all, <laughs> like the yes. literally literally the last good moment of the season. But what a moment! It's almost worth sacrificing the rest of the season for such a good moment. Um, this is the reason why I'm ultra gutted we're not in the Champions League because next season because the the fact that it was on the stage of the Champions League added so much to it and that was obviously the PSG game yeah I was gonna uh, do, I mean I that, gonna that do moment when Rashford put away the penalty I you know I along with every other United fan at the game or or watching on TV went bonkers so yeah uh, that was the moment that was that was magic and then after that loss loss terrible performance against Watford loss loss terrible performance against West Ham loss loss Terrible performance against Chelsea and Huddersfield. Loss. Uh, by the way, you missed out a loss. <laughs> that's that's how bad it was. There's another loss in there that you missed out. So yeah, just um, it's just been ultra grim. We 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 thoroughly burnt out our season on that glorious night in Paris. But it was glorious, like the pictures of Greenwood celebrating at the end, and you know, and was Garner on the Garner was on the pitch too. Chong was on the pitch. And maybe not Ghana, but Chong definitely was. And just 
the the life and vitality and youth and drama and the composure that Rashford had for that penalty. I mean, we talk about goal of the season later and obviously you're not ever putting a penalty as goal of the season, but my goodness gracious me, that that is a rare candidate in my opinion as a penalty as goal of the season because of the stakes and the drama and the composure and the most composed person, not just in the stadium, but basically in the whole world. The most composed United fan in the whole world in that moment was Marcus Rashford. And it feels like that was his last goal as well. It's, I think it, it's I think not, it might but have been. No, no, no he's good. There's been one, there's one since. I think it's one since. It, it's, yeah, it's, there, there was it, comment in um, uh, UWS about uh, how the coaching staff are baffled that he's just stopped running in behind defenders, which is true. He's dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and taking pot shots from like 40 yards out all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very odd. And... Uh, the the, confu- the the coaching staff being confused about what the players are doing is a bit of a worry, isn't it? Because it's like they have some relationship with what the players are doing, you would hope, of course. Uh, I have I, also heard a rumour that the coaching staff are baffled by what Romelu Lukaku uh, thinks of his own abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Very enjoyable. Uh, you've put manager of the year as one of the categories. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, just, uh, Mike just Carrick, a little laugh. Mike Feeling, Mike- isn't it? <laughs> No, it was Mike Carrick for that one day oh, when yeah. he was in charge. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so um, we've you've come with pull your hair out and scream moment. Uh, <laughs> I guess you mean that in a negative sense. We've just done the best moment of the season. Got to do the worst moment of the season. Yeah. Oh, I know what mine is. <laughs> well, I, I can't say the West Ham game as well, uh, again, because that was that was just ridiculous. I mean, maybe the the frustrating moment was um, in the recent game against Chelsea. I mean, it was really bad against Huddersfield, um, but there were there was just a few minutes in that game against Chelsea when you thought, oh, oh, they're going to do it, you know? Yeah, they're, they're yeah, going to do yeah, it. They're yeah. up for this game. Yeah, this is this is one really matters. This could be worth sixty million pounds to the club, millions to the players, prestige. Those nights in Paris for the fans, all the away trips we want, better players, progress. And it just went dead. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. I think mine might be the um, the hours between the the end of the Liverpool game and Mourinho getting sacked when we recorded a podcast, absolutely certain that Mourinho wouldn't be sacked and that there was no hope. And it turned out what it turned. What's even worse about this is it turned out that there was hope, and then that was immediately and brutally snatched away. So we were actually right. There was no hope in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, no, I think you've just you've won it though. You've you've convinced me with that argument. The second half against Chelsea, because because it was that was such a game of two halves. They that, that was the one. It was the specific precise moment where David De Gea chucked that one into his own net in that game because um that that was just before half time we'd been bang on top for the whole first half we just looked absolutely at the races from start to finish in that game until out of absolutely nothing De Gea just 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 threw our chances of the top 4 into our own net like oh god that was a bad bad moment 
Uh, we should have done best moment second. That was that was bad <laughs> no, Much m- much like Ollie should have lost his first ten games in charge and then gone on an amazing run towards the end of the season, narrowly missing out on the top four. That uh, would have been an awful lot better. Um, all right, goal of the season then. Yeah, a there's, there's a few one. contenders here, aren't there? Yeah. Was... Go on. So, what, what, what are your contenders then? Well, the, I watched the um, the compilation that you shared. That was the the, the official United. Um, contenders, and I, I think I can remember most of them. So Pogba against Young Boys, Martial against Cardiff, the little passy flicky one. I really like that goal. Um, Rashford against Brighton, uh, the the one bent in from a really narrow range. Yeah. Obviously the Pereira worldie that won it. Um, Martial again against Fulham. Yeah, nice goal. Um, yep. Very nice. And oh, there was one more. Oh, Lingard against Arsenal. I don't. I, that was a nice goal, but I'm not sure it's a, a goal of the season contender. I, hey, he took it that, nicely, didn't he? For first yeah, time. Yeah, oh, lovely play. finish. Yeah, lovely finish. A good, a very good goal kind of thing. Um, the, the Oh, and uh, Rashford against Spurs. The Pogba raking long ball, Rashford taking it early. Narrow Beautiful angle. goal yeah, that was. Yeah, good finish. Um, uh, the funny thing for me is I've been to two games this season, um, which is um, like by far less than I've been to in any season since Alex Ferguson was the manager. Um, and two goal of the season contenders in, in the two games I went to. It's like, oh, good timing. Solid well work. I saw the Brighton one from the Stretford end um, and I saw the Fulham one as well. Uh, both but at, at the end that the goals were scored in as well. Oh, very lucky. So to- top three in reverse order. I reckon for me, then you, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go my third. My, I think my third one is... Rashford against Spurs. Big okay. night, beautiful oh, long nice ball, goal. lovely yeah. first time control, smashed into the corner. Yeah. Uh, my second, I think, is Martial against Fulham. Yeah, okay. Dribble. Oh, second. And first, I think, is the Pereira worldie, but I don't know. It's not, it's not I mean, it's a I great long like range shot, but yeah. I'm, I'm on the fence here. I, the thing about long range shots, unless unless you're talking about Rooney's volley against Newcastle, like unless it's an absolutely outrageous technique from distance, there's something about long range shots where I always think like, well, if you take if you're good at football, I mean like really good, if you're a Premier League quality footballer and you take a lot of shots from long range, occasionally you're gonna find one from the top corner. But I like well, I like occasionally being like not. Point one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there, there's just something, there's something about them where it's like, well, well done, you got it right that time. I suppose that's all good goals, isn't it? I don't know. I like a bit of skill. I like a bit of, a, I mean, technical dribbly type skill. I like, I like a little flick or a trick. You like this so happy tappy nonsense that they yeah, have at exactly. City and Liverpool? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, for that. I, I properly love the tippy tappy nonsense. Um, or tip bad week for tippy tappy nonsense though. Ajax and Barcelona both going out in the same week. That's uh, bad bad week. Johan Cruyff has not stopped turning in his grave since that happened. Beaten by a long ball and Liverpool, he'll be fuming. Um, Too right. So yeah, um, I think that I'm going to put Pereira in third place. Fantastic goal if you like that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to put Rashford against Brighton in second place. The um, cut inside cool. and the goal from the narrow angle. Yeah, yeah. just uh, just remember seeing it in person and not being able to work out what had happened and then seeing it on video and just 
been blown away. And uh, and Martial against Fulham is goal of the season. And and definitely the fact that I was at the game for the, my top two is hugely influencing their selection. Fair enough. Uh, how, how are we doing on the awards? Any more awards? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have put here, Ed, player ratings. Oh, yeah. I think we've got to do that. We'll all right, so we're going to do that. We're going to do I, the I, whole squad. Yeah, yeah. I've got the list. I've got the squad list. All right. All I have right. got my um, green capture. I have an app that uh, stitches screen captures together of the whole squad. I don't know when I did this, but I've got the whole squad and there are a bunch of red X's. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is when I was thinking about which players should survive. <laughs> Not many. So, um, what are we keepers. doing? Are we doing a rating out of 10? Yeah, rating out of 10. We've got keepers, uh, De Gea, Grant, Romero and Pereira. I mean, Pereira, we don't have to give him a number. I don't think he's been at the club much. Uh, Grant, he got one game, didn't he? Yeah, he made a rick in it in the penalty <laughs> shootout. All we right. lost the penalty shootout. De Gea. And, and the other thing we should say, are we giving absolute ratings or relative ratings? And what I mean by that is, like, are we... Are we uh, is this a level playing field where we're... Uh, rating their their absolute performance um, uh, over the course of the season. Are we saying, um, like Dave, for example, absolute performance might be a six. Relative performance versus his normal standards might be like a two. Yeah, okay. I, I think we're doing a sort of combin- a slightly fudged combination of both. All right, and so just sitting on the fence as normal. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, all right, no, no, no. i tell you what. Nah, mm. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do absolute performance. I don't know if it's possible to do absolute performance. Okay, we'll fudge it. Go always, on. Whatever. It's got to be a bit relative, hasn't it? Go on. Go on. Um, well, I've just given my number for Dave. Then it's a six. Uh, um, I think six out of ten is incredibly generous for David de Gea this season because because I think that first of all, like with when you put a bit of relativity in there. I, I, he's just cost us so dearly. Like this is recency bias because I'm sure he's saved us some points at some point in the season, but the the desperate level that his performance dropped to, I can't give him more than a three out of ten for the season. Oh, hi. Who scored I, I has him at six point five two? And with that, <laughs> that's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. All right, he's six point five two out of ten. No, um, they're really bad on goalkeepers, particularly yeah, they bad are. on yeah, goalkeepers. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I I think that five out of ten is probably fair. All right, uh, flappy is surge. Is it fair? Is is five out of ten generous? Well, I mean, again, recency bias. I think I think you're right there. It, it's uh, he wasn't. He was soft. I think his yeah. form, you know, there were a few like Dave of old might have saved that, but 10. like normal humans wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and then he went bad. All right. Five out of 10. All right. Flappy Surge. Did he get any goals? Get games? He must yeah, have got he some games. he played in all the cups. He played in all, all the cups. All the, all, all the FA Cup Didn't games. Didn't let anyone really down, well. did he? No. Uh, seven it? out of 10. Yeah, that's fair enough. It, yeah. it, if it was just on the games that he played and sort of not taking a point off for how little he's played, I think he'd get an 8 out of 10. I don't think he dropped less than an 8 out of 10 when he played. No, probably not. I don't remember him ever having to do an awful lot. He made made like a good double save in one of the games. All right. Yeah. 7 out of 10, flappy surge, well done. Lee Grant, yeah, whatever. It doesn't, N.A., uh, fantastic, fantastic social media game. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. What was the point? Uh, Victor Lindelof. 
Hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting one, because relative to his own previous United seasons, he's dropped a clear 10 out of 10 banger. But I would say 7 out of 10? A lot of perfectly decent games. Not yeah. that many mistakes, but some. No, and I think it wasn't very good, actually, under Mourinho. And and he this is a good. He was second period of. He was like the only one who was all right in this the latter period under Mourinho. I think this is a United team that's conceded an awful lot of goals, and they're not all David de Gea throwing them in, are they? So well, no, but they're not all Victor Lindelof either. <laughs> no, right? no, no, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think he's he's got a lot better in the second half of the season. And he now looks like a very composed defender. I think he needs better players around him. So. I don't know. I'm going for a six and a half or seven, somewhere around there. For, no, six, um, six and a half. Six and a half for Lindelof. Um, and uh, he can get better. And if he, if, he, if he put the second half of his season together for the whole season, yeah, we've got a defender. I, I think he gets seven out of ten because I think you are overstating how bad he was in the first half of the season by quite a lot. I think he was he was easily one of the better players at United in the first half of the season. D4 goals we conceded in the league. Well, that you have to go fine, down to West Ham in tenth for a team that's got five. Well, all right, yeah. Well, we're about to give some other defenders some ratings, and that might start to explain it. Seven out of ten, Victor Lindelof. All right, <laughs> Eric Bailly. He's, he's had a, he's an he's an awful season. Absolutely atrocious. The funny thing is, on my list of players here, I haven't got a big red X through him. I don't know why <laughs> that is because clearly you should have a red X. I mean know. the. the the thing about Eric Bailly is, last season, I would have said that he was by far our best defender. Not necessarily in performance, but uh, certainly at potential. But this has been a solid 2 out of 10 season for Bailly. Like, I think he's been almost every game that he's actually played has been bad, as well as the fact that he's hardly played any games, because as soon as he gets fit, he injures himself again. Yeah, there's uh, there's been some speculation that Arsenal are interested. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm sure, and, yeah, it and, makes sense. <laughs> I know, it's like, you know, what we'll do, we'll do a swap for you know, Mustafi, won't we? <laughs> like, all <laughs> Arsenal fans hate because he's awful. Yeah, it's just like Sanchez yeah. and Mkhitaryan. Two, two out of ten, I think he's fair. Yeah. Uh, Phil Jones. Oh When's he been God. fit? Has he been fit? How many games yeah, has he played? he's played loads of games. Since, since Ole came in, Jones has been a flipping ever-presence. The... I don't know why. Uh, he was straight back in the team under Solskjaer. We should have known then. <laughs> we should have known then. Um, yeah, it, it, it's been a, another bad season for Phil Jones. Um, he has played a total of 1,264 minutes of league football, um, which when you compare that to Eric Bailly, who's played 639, um, it's, it's the least of any... Of the it's the least of the rest of the central defenders. There's only him and Smalling left, but <laughs> I, he's just been very bad all see all, every time I, he's played, apart from the few times where he's had good games. Yeah, I'm I'm giving him like a four. He's not been yeah. as bad as Eric Bailly. No, Chris Smalling agreed. I don't know. I I feel like I have a unconscious bias against Chris Smalling. Like, I, I, I feel, I feel I, like it's fairly conscious. <laughs> right. No, but I feel like I can't... I'm, I've, generally, ever since I've started covering football for fun and money, the one thing that I've always felt very bad at is assessing central defenders. So I, I think I'm giving Chris Morning a 6 out of 10 because I don't understand Chris Morning. I feel like lots of the time Chris Morning is absolutely fine. Then it seems to me that... that it's not like Jones, right? Jones is like an accident waiting to happen the whole time. 
Jones is the worst. Jones's best and worst are much further apart than Chris Smalling's yeah. best and worst. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Smalling's a solid mediocre all the time. Yeah, there, that's, there you go. Six out of ten. Consistency. That's what you're looking for in Premier League football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, five. I, I, I'm giving him a five. I just, I, I, I hate watching him play. I just hate. He can't pass the ball. He, he seems to be getting slower. He's not even that old. I mean, how old? How old is Chris Smalling? He's, he's twenty nine. He's, he's not old. Yeah, he's twenty nine. God, he's been at the club forever. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been there almost as long as we've been doing this stupid podcast. Uh, yeah, five. Marcus Rojo oh. has he even played enough games for us to? To give him uh, a one rating. Out, one out of ten, he just got gets injured or sent off every time he comes on. Or should get sent well, off. Should he go, well, what game was it he played recently? He's, he's like only game in the last six months. He, I can't remember. Try to tackle he, someone knee high. Yeah, he definitely should have got sent off immediately. Ashley but, Young. I mean, oh, I, I feel Christ. like some of the awful stuff that's written about Ashley Young uh, in social media, on Twitter, is just awful. And I feel like I need to see it because... Um, I, I, can I give him a zero? Like... Like it's not it's unfair for a player who's who's done good service for the club to still be at the club as a makeshift winger at 34 years of of age a when he has left back a, a makeshift left back or right back when he hasn't been a good left or right back ever and he hasn't been a good winger in five years. He was good in the cup against Chelsea. I'll give him one out of ten. He's been the most the most upsetting player to watch this season for me. Oh, there was just, just... there was one right near the end of today's game against Cardiff. Uh, he gets a corner, hits the first man with the with his first ball, standard youngie. Absolutely lashes it into the. <laughs> and the second one, I'm like, what? What are you doing? A first leg against Barcelona. Oh, was it's just... one of the most upsetting performances I've ever seen. Because I mean... we were all right in that game. We were up for it. We were at them. And Pogba kept finding Young in space over and over again. And I, I think well, well, that... So did the Barcelona players. They kept finding space in behind Young over and over again. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that 2 out of 10 is probably fair because he has he's done... He had decent-ish games for when? periods. When? When? He did like there was the Chelsea game. He played quite well in Solskjaer's very first up, you know, exciting period of time. Like he was, he's not been naught out of ten this season. Who scored have him in terms of league rating as our sixth best player this season? (laughs) (sighs) God, good God, yeah. Yeah. But but I I don't, I don't think he's naught or he's not worse than Eric Bailly. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. And he's played a lot of games this season. So yeah, Yeah. two thousand five hundred sixty-nine minutes in the league. So yeah, yeah. three three. All right, all right. We're gonna have to speed this up. Um, Diogo Dalot. Not Five. played a lot of games, but um, I've enjoyed Five. him when I've seen him. You know, and he he had some good games playing in attack. Yeah. Five. All right. Yeah. Luke Shaw, the players' player and the fans' player of the year. Luke Shaw. Five. Yeah. He even been that good? Nope. He has not been that good. There there were times times where he had he he's had. He's probably had as many good games as anyone else. Um, but I think he's had some absolute stinkers as well. They get a weird pass when he, yeah. when he I, has I did defend him at one stage in the season and because yeah. his, his, his performances were on the uptick. But his numbers are terrible. He's just like nothing. It's just nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got four uh, uh, assists. I don't know where they came from. Apparently, he's got four assists. All right. Six he's out of ten seasons. Six, six out of ten seasons. 
Antonio yeah. Valencia has had a uh, no, two out no, no, out of ten. Zero para el capitán. Well, he, he came. He came on today for his goodbye. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hasta luego. <laughs> see, Mateo see Damian. Um, I mean, I'm going to give him a one because he's like he's barely played, except inexplicably he was picked to play in the derby. <laughs> yep. Um, perfect. Next, Paul Pogba. Oh. Is he like well, if, he, he, if he, you didn't is... watch football and only yeah. looked at the numbers, you'd go good season, assists, goals. He's got the most number of dribbles, take-ons, expected xG, actual xG, expected assists, exchain, all the numbers. They're higher than everyone else in almost every attacking metric. Um, yeah, he's been our best player this season. Paul Pogba has, but he's also Paul, like Paul... today's game. I hate this narrative of, oh, he's just lazy. Or, I just, but what was that today? You know, like when he's like doing a Cruyff turn and trying to hit a 60-yard pass. I, 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 this is the biggest uh, differential between if we were doing purely like objective numbers versus relative numbers. Because obviously Pogba's got the biggest differential between... That, this is the thing about Pogba. He's the best the player sen- at the club and he knows yeah, it. Yeah, the, the, the sense that... His 10 out of 10, we've seen like once or twice this season. Um, we've seen a number of 8 out of 10 performances. I think that the thing is that the the whole period in which we were good, Pogba was absolutely excellent, you know, and that was no coincidence. Um, I, I think the fact that he tops every single positive number in the kind of attacking sense at the club, basically, apart from XG. Oh, no, including XG, no, no, right? Yeah. So, you know, just every on every level... He's he's putting up the best numbers of anyone in the club. I, I think there's a kind of there's a kind of absolute quality to that that you you that I think a lot of the criticism is is like mixed mixed up in. But but having given Victor Lindelof a seven out of ten, I don't feel like I can give Pogba a seven out of ten. Even though in a way you could argue like objectively or whatever his performances have been better in inverted commas but I'm just not there's been so many bad games as well you can't and 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 this is where I said you got to fudge it a bit because you can't ignore the fact that he's performing so far below the level he should be no and that that is the frustration isn't it you know and I understand why fans get deeply frustrated with him I don't understand the oh we should definitely bin him off because just on practical terms you expect us to buy a player of equal quality? You really? I mean, who, you looked at who, you look at Ed Woodward. You expect him, and like one, there aren't that many players of that kind of potential quality. I mean, look at his performances at international level and Juve, etc., and so on. Blah 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 blah. And the, the club isn't going to pull the deal off. And and playing terribly in a terrible team. He's got thirteen goals and nine assists in the league. All right, a, a number of those goals are penalties, but a good number of non-penalty goals and nine assists in the yeah. league. Like, we're not... You're not just replacing them. Like, uh, uh, yeah. No, and, I, and I, you just want his excellent stuff all the time. And maybe we do have to build a team around him. And maybe that's why he's frustrated because yeah. he was promised a great team or believed that one would happen and it's not happened. And maybe that's where the the performances that are well below his best come from. I don't know. You know, he's kind of summed up right at the end of the... The the match today where you know United have a free kick, he's he's absolutely insisted on taking it and he's sidepointed it into halfway up the wall. Yeah, it's like what? Mm. 
And then Antonio Valencia has a lash at it in corner flag. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to miss him. All right, one or two sentences on everyone left. And, uh, yeah, all right. So, yeah, sorry. So Pogba's a seven. I gave Victor Lindelof a six and a half. One matter, I'm, I'm giving it's, Pogba it's a, a six. Matter's a five Pogba's, out of ten season. Pog- I, love, I love watching him, but like even he can't be bothered anymore. You look at his blog and it's like one-liners. Sorry, Pog- should be better. Sorry. I think seven is generous for Pogba, by the way. I'm going six. 13 goal season in the league. Yeah, but a lot of those are penalties. <laughs> um, like uh, but no, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Five for matter from me. Yep, sure. Lingard, it's it's poor season from him. Oh, really uh, bad. Four. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say he's worse than matter. It's uh, Andres Pereira. Honestly, he's been really bad every time he's been given a chance, which is a shame because I, I do, I, you know, I, I liked him as a youth player. Not sure that he's really progressed looks like a rabbit in the headlights still so it's like three from me sure fred um fred was good for about three games during uh around about the paris win yeah two out of ten yeah it's generous yeah i mean 50 million pounds two out of ten and a herrera um ten yeah, right. <laughs> 10 out of 10 the best of all of them <laughs> the only uh, one who cares I, I, yeah oh, God. I might believe that last line but yeah no <laughs> it's a 6 it's a six out of 10 season yeah yeah it is Matic hate yeah. him hate him he's awful 4 out of 10 uh, Matic hate him hate him he's awful 2 out of 10 <laughs> uh, former managers player of the year no, he still is. He still is. He hasn't. He hasn't oh, yeah. been... the, 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 no, no other manager's ever going to be stupid enough to give away a manager's player of the year. So literally the four all-time manager's player of the year. Uh, I, Scott, I'm going to give him a, a seven. A seven. Because, yeah, yeah, relative relative to expectations, um, he's, he's, he's not... I mean, he was at fault for the second goal yesterday, but I think he's the most improved player in the squad. I think he has surprised, he'd been the most surprising player in the squad a number of times. He's developing in the ways we want him to develop and he's not played that much. Um, and, and I actually think he probably should have played a little more. So yeah. I, I'm going to give him give him a generous seven. I, I, I don't believe he's had a seven out of 10 season. 863 minutes, there's less than 10 games. He's played less than a quarter of a season. And um, I, I, th- I think you're right when you say he should have played more. I mean, United would not have been worse with McTominay in the side and not Matic. Definitely not, you know. And he's progressed a lot, but I think it's it's a five season because Ooh, let's come on, let's compromise and give him a six between us. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there you go. All right, forwards. This should be fun. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do this. Alexis Sanchez. Not not minus <laughs> minus three hundred k a week. No, five hundred k a week. Absolutely. Out of 10. I mean, he's not just stealing a living; he's murdering in plain sight a living. Yeah, he's he's not he's not just stealing a living; he's stealing a um an obscene amount of wealth. <laughs> like that's not a living, is it? What he's making? One of the worst players ever. Like pound for pound, by far the worst player that's ever played for United, money wise. Oh God, yeah. I mean, look, we've had some bad signings over the years, and and really, I can only remember them from the you know sort of early to mid 80s but i can't think of a worse one i mean objectively I, I there are worse them. players right bebe was a terrible player there there've been bad 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 players play for united but you know pound for pound relative to his talent experience and the obscene amount of money he's making god awful 
Uh, if, Scott, if, we, if he's Mc... still at the club come August the 10th, when the window's closed and we're playing again, I, ju- I, just, I just won't be able to take it. Scott McTominay's played 14 minutes less than Alexis Sanchez in the league this season. That's absolutely shocking. Uh, Maron Fellaini has only just played like 100 minutes less than Alexis Sanchez. He's been gone since January. <laughs> I, it's it's unbelievable. Diego Dallo's played more than Alexis Sanchez. Fred's played almost 200, well, 150 minutes more than Alexis Sanchez. It's just uh, it's, a, just an awful, awful signing. He's earning twenty five million pounds a year. One goal, three assists, and all uh, those. I mean, I just I like United should just. I don't know what it's going to cost for someone to take him off our hands, but it's probably going to be in the order of fifteen million pounds a year, maybe more. Right? Just you, do you it. Know you, He's you know a you cancer about, now. You, you know, you said about Matic. Like, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. The thing about Matic is he seems like a decent lad. To oh be yeah, honest. yeah. I don't and, hate him and, on a personal level, just as a no, footballer. No. Alexis Sanchez, though, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. Like, he's just the worst. He's, he just he just sucks so bad on and, every level. And that moustache. I mean, are we talking about this? It looking like, you know, he was in a, a, a 30s scene gangster. I, I want a Valentine's Day massacre at Old Trafford. <laughs> just hate <laughs> out. One goal this season from Alexis Sanchez. Romelu Lukaku, your favourite. <laughs> oh, 12 goals. Rum. 12 goals for Big Rom this season. I'll tell you what Romelu Lukaku has done, which is rare for me, is he's become a Man United player and I've become a lot less affectionate towards him. That normally does not happen. Normally, like, it's when people become Manchester United players, I suddenly develop a massive affection for them. I'm a never liked Alexis Sanchez, to be fair. And apart from one rank cast ever where I weakened and said I was excited about signing him, I was absolutely consistent that we shouldn't sign Sanchez. It's one of my rare correct shouts in the history of this podcast. Um, Lukaku, I definitely did think we should sign. I always loved his um, his kind of football intelligence and the fact that he was such a football nerd and a massive tryhard in terms of like really looking at the specific weaknesses of defenders and, you know, had such a good scoring record. But basically he's become a, massive bodybuilder and um mm-hmm. flopped and it's been a horrible season here's a test and... for you no looking at the data okay which united player and there's only one has a yeah. worse percentage shots on target ratio than romelu Le- pogba nope wow uh oh valencia with the north nope. <laughs> <laughs> um ashley young nope is it someone who takes a lot of shots, a nope. high volume of shots? It's David okay. De Gea. Is it David De Gea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know when That's... he's got a shot. I mean, one of his goal <laughs> kicks must have been counted at some point. But, um, yeah, it's just a truly awful season and uh, he's just become so immobile. Uh, he's and got slowed to go up. He's slowed summer. up so massive. It's just, it's not injury either. I think he really bulked up. Yeah, um, we've, and we've talked about this. I guess he just he just wasn't like with all the games he wasn't doing as much cardio in between the games because he was trying not to burn out and he was hitting the gym. I'm gonna say that giving he scored twelve league goals this season, so I can't we can't give him a one or two out of ten. But I think more than three out of ten is crazy, especially given those twelve goals have been condensed into bunches and like over stretches of the season he's been playing at a naught out of ten, you know, Sanchez levels, and then he's just had little moments where he was on form. But but so few and far between. 
Um, so yeah, three out of ten. Well, he's, he scored twice in Paris, and he scored twice against Southampton. Yep. Uh, and, and he scored and, a whole bunch at the beginning of the season. So, three out of ten. Three out of ten. So yeah, do you remember I, when I said we'll do two sentences? Yeah, four, four out of ten for me is better. Twelve goals. Twelve goals. So Marcus right. Rashford. God, this is a shame because he's just gone massively, massively off the boil, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know? And and there was uh, a period where he was scoring goals. Well, three games. And, and the thing is, like Rashford, I'm I'm always inclined to be extremely defensive about Rashford and and blame it on the system, blame it on the way the team's playing and all that. But actually, no, just straight up personal form. Five out of ten season. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair, and I re- I really believe there is more in there. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm certain of that. You know, he's got all the tools. I did think it was an interesting nugget that I was reading today. I just mentioned it a, a couple of times, but. Um, that he stopped running in behind, and I think that is right. And uh, and people have kind of, I think the the take on him in social media is that he's he's Billy Big Boots. He thinks he's uh, better than he is, you know. And I, I think that's probably not right. I think it's probably lack of confidence. Is do, he's doing the thing that Wayne Rooney used to do when he wasn't playing well and just trying to get the ball all the time. Um, yeah. And I, I think you know, a summer, a bit of coaching, which is like go back to basic. You know, on the shoulder of the last man, you are quick. That's yep. how you should be playing as a number nine, um, if you're going to play at number nine. And he's, he, he's basically, you know, our lead number nine now, isn't he? And and yep. he'll score a lot of goals, you know. And 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 I do think, like, having just said I'm not going to blame the system and all that <laughs> for him and be overly defensive about Marcus Rashford, I do think he's particularly suffered from Ole's um, obsession with tactical switches. Like, yeah. like, I think that Rashford, like... I think we should be playing 4-3-3 next season with Martial, Rashford and Greenwood alternating, but Rashford's basically the number nine. Like, that's, I think that would be phenomenal um, or potentially phenomenal because it can also be absolutely terrible because Anthony Martial is another player who's getting five out of ten and that is generous. Yeah. That's because yeah. he scored, like, a few incredible goals. He scored a decent number of goals. He's got ten in the league. And that's always Rashford. His worst performances, Anthony Martial's worst performances, have been as bad as as Matic, as bad as Sanchez, as bad as the yeah, the absolute yeah. worst. Of the no, worst I, I of think them. that's right, and I, I think he gets called out a lot for um, lack of effort. And it, it I, I don't know. I mean, like when it comes to Pogba, I can objectively say that's that's really not true because his numbers for like number of kilometers run are pretty high, low on the sprinting level. With Martial, when he's not in good form or not feeling right or whatever it is that's going on with him, he does just stand around. And it's a real problem for United because if you're Anthony Martial in the team and he's not moving as one of the wide forwards, then the attack just shuts down. And and he, you know, I mean, Rashford might have stopped running behind, but Martial stopped running behind when Lou Van Gaal left. Like, he just wants the ball to feet all the time. And that's the most obvious thing in the world. Like, Anthony Martial wants the ball to feet. Now, when I say that Martial, Greenwood and Rashford could be a brilliant front three, of course it's possible that that Martial and Rashford aren't these brilliant players that they seem like when they're playing well. But we've seen them with our own eyes be amazing. Um, So we've also seen them with our own eyes be terrible. And the hope, I guess, is that if you get the structures right in this side, then you're building a platform on which Pogba, Martial and Rashford in particular can can really do what they can do. But I, the, one of the things that now is starting to worry me about Solskjaer is, is I do think that um, Mourinho went far too far in the unforgiving direction 
But these players definitely don't need someone to be too forgiving with them. No. They definitely need they definitely need to be being pushed. And I do think that balance is very difficult to achieve in modern football. But it is possible. There are managers doing the business with players. You know, um, if you take Salah and uh, Mane, now maybe Salah and Mane are just miles and miles and miles ahead of Rashford and Martial. And it's just my United bias that's making me think that they're not. But... To me, if you swap those two players in the last three years um, into the experience of United and the experience at Liverpool, I think Rashford and Martial would be absolutely balling out for Liverpool if they were playing under Klopp and in that system. Yeah, and four years ago, Salah wasn't much of a player. And yeah, I think we could we could kill some very good players in, in our system and our club. God. Uh, anyway... We've been yapping on for an hour and this, a half and we thought we wouldn't have oh, anything yeah, to talk about. It's the last... It's, no, we didn't. We never thought that. It's the last show of the season. We can go, we can go long. It we're is, not doing I'm beginning to depress myself now, so... We're, we're, not, we're not doing a show till August and we haven't even started with the depressing stuff because we have to do a bit of a look forward. That's That's been the look back. Um, we player of the season. My player of the season is Victor Lindelof. That's that's. I mean, it's actually Scott McTominay, uh, like rank cast player of the year. The rank cast <laughs> manager's player of the year is Scott McTominay. But um, I, I I think Victor Lindelof is is my player of the season ahead of Luke Shaw and Paul Pogba. Yeah, it's well, it's, Shaw's nowhere near there for me. Uh, I mean, he's improved, but it's just emotional. Call him a player of the season, Lindelof. I mean, if you cut out the first three months of the season, two I get, months. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 fifty-four goals we've conceded, and he's been in that middle of that central defence. I know it's not all what? his fault. I know it's I'll not all what, his fault. We, we don't we need should, to relitigate that debate. I just we I should struggle. also look at how many of those goals were scored in Jones and Smalling games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably should. I, I, I don't have the data in front of me to spit it out. I mean, I could do. Um, I just find it really hard to give it to a defender with this season with the absolute. Our defence was. I don't know how. I can't give it to Paul Pogba, even though his numbers are great, because objectively he's not been great. You know, at times, at at large times, and at times he's been very good, and he's he's been unfairly vilified. So, I, th- I think I'm not going to give it to anyone. I, I think I'm. I, I said we should do that, and you said no. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. We had to have a debate about it. I, just don't, I didn't I don't... know no one was an option. No, obviously the winner is no one. That, that's like by I'm spoiling that, my that's... ballot is what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. If no one is an option, then obviously no one is the winner. Like that's that that that's. But but I don't believe that no one should. I wouldn't have. <laughs> We've just spent 45 minutes talking about all these idiots. Or we'd have just said they've all been rubbish. Give them all two out of ten and left it at that. You've got oh, to pick one. You'll get, you're going back to this and Paul, like, burn everything. I hate the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I've participated against my will in yet another episode of this stupid show. You've got to pick a player of the season. I'm going to give Phil Jones at this rate. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. Yeah. I don't know who to give it to. I just... I, I... <laughs> I, just, I don't want to give oh. it to any of them. I'm, I'm giving it to Mason Greenwood, that performance today. Yeah. All right. Well done. Well done, Mason. There you, there you go. That's that's copy now, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I can't believe this has happened by the... No. Do you know what? If this was the other way round, you would not let me do this. 
There's no way. You look into your heart, Ed, and you tell me that... Uh, that I get you... old Paxman on you. Yeah, exactly. Fine, I'm exactly. giving it to Victor Lindelof. <laughs> All right, yeah. You win. Well done, Victor. You are the official worst ever rank cast player of the season <laughs> to go with Luke Shaw's worst ever actual player of the season award. Yeah. Well, sir. We, you want to look forward? Let's look forward then. We've got the summer to look forward to with wonderful transfer speculation. Yeah, I have been paying absolutely. And when I say no attention, I mean, I've unfollowed everyone on on uh, all my social media that I still do. Uh, that's got much to do with football, um, apart from my friends and stuff that are, are in football media. Um, but I have absolutely no idea who we've been linked with, who's going, anything. Um, that, well, there's not been a lot. That's good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's the usual speculation about the Hayes contract and Paul Pogba. Uh, Pogba's agent, uh, Mino Raiola, got a three-month worldwide ban. But <laughs> What I, does I, that I, mean? I don't think it means anything, to be honest, okay. um, because the agency he's signed to has other agents. Right. right. I, I think I don't think it's been played as this. Oh well, you won't be able to move because it runs out at the end of the uh, transfer window. Um, but I don't think that's true. I think if he wants to force a move out and the club decide it's time to cash in, um, I think that'll still get done. Um, and there's okay. a very good chance of that. Um, I, I expect Massa will go with um, Herrera and Valencia. As we know, they're desperate to get rid of Rojo and Damian. I mean. Pay people off. It doesn't matter. They're taking up space in the squad. Pay them off. Um, as I said, I just don't know if I'll be able to cope if uh, Alexis Sanchez is still at the in August. <laughs> Please get rid of him. Um, I mean, you know, I've got uh, the crosses on my squad, as I said. I've got 12, and I didn't even put one through Eric Bailly. And I'm not like, I think I'm fairly forgiving when it comes to a fan about players. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it d- d- Compa- do you... comparatively? Yeah. Okay. To okay. social media, it would have every player at the club sold. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, um, there was some speculation about uh, Gareth Bale. God, no, please, no, please, please, no. That can't be real. Uh, and Dybala. There were a few journalists talking about um, United are prepared to activate the. His release clause, which is like six million, he, a good player, not progressed as much as he could have. Also, a sort of you know deep lying striker. It doesn't really seem to fit Ollie's uh, Ollie's system very well. Uh, that's about it. Um, there, uh, something came out about uh, Matthias Delict. Uh, one, he'd turned down United because he probably wants to go to a, an actual football club. <laughs> not a marketing unit with a football-themed product. Um, uh, but also, and this was funny, and I, I don't know how true it is, that uh, United could have signed him for much less last year, but decided not to because they worried about his weight. <laughs> Luke Shaw says, hold my beer. Oh, it's KFC. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Ah. <laughs> uh. I can't find out how many goals Victor Lindelof has been involved in. I've been looking on my phone the whole time you've been talking about transfers. And uh, have... well, we can work it out and you can put it on yeah, Twitter or something and use my Twitter feed because I won't be looking at it for a while. 
Oh, there was uh, there was no some thought that United had put in a bid for Daniel James from Swansea. He was famous for scoring that goal from like seventy yards out. He just ran. He's uh, insanely quick. I can't say I watched much Championship football this season, so I couldn't tell you if he's any good. But he's really fucking quick. All right. So starting eleven at the beginning of the first day. Is this what season. I think it will be, or what yeah, I hope what, it will what, be? What you think it will be. And uh, you put one, you, just to be clear of what our group chat is like, Ed put Romero, Young, Smalling, Jones, Shaw, McTominay, Matic, Lingard, Mata, Lukaku, Sanchez. as his starting 11 that he thought it was going to be. No. I was winding you up. Um, yeah. I think it will be David Hare. I think they'll just force him to stay and uh, and he'll still be at the club. I mean, unless he really does ask for a move away, I think they'll keep him. Um, I don't know the way that that um that Ollie is talking about it. It might be young. It might still... <laughs> no, you're right. You are hundred percent right. Amazingly, I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, the noises are coming out that, that he's happy with central defenders. So it's Smalling, Lindelof, Shaw. <laughs> so identical back five to today. No, we played Jones and Smalling today. Yeah, uh, in midfield, I mean, he's got been off Matic. He's got to, hasn't he? He's not going to. I, 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 I like. I was convinced he's not, not going to be. I was Matic. convinced a couple of months ago that Pogba was staying. I'm pretty convinced he's not staying now. Oh, and, really? And, and that they wouldn't force him if, if, like, well, I think a lot of it's politics, right? Real Madrid is the only game in town, um, and they will buy. One of Hazard, Ericsson or Pogba, not all of them, and they can't really afford one of them. Um, so they're trying to negotiate down. Is my take on the speculation? Anyway, I don't. I'm not an insider on this. Yeah, I'm not pretending to be in the know, but uh, this is what I I speculate on speculation. Going. Okay, okay. So yeah. fair enough. Um, so maybe he's not there, uh, and so maybe it's it's McSauce and two new midfielders. They've got. They have to. I mean, it's criminal if they yeah. don't. Everyone should be sacked at the club. Uh, if yeah. Oli isn't resigning because they haven't bought two new midfielders, he should be sacked. <laughs> and then up front? Um, Rashford, Martial and one other. Mason Greenwood. That's the... I, I've gone with... I, I, don't, I, can't, I, don't, I actually don't think that's true. I, I'm not sure they'll throw Mason straight into, their, into the first I've, team. I've, I think he should just be 100% part of the first team squad at the beginning of next season. I don't see... Any good reason why not? Like, because uh, he doesn't, there's nothing about his performance today where you were like, oh, he's not ready for the big time. And the level that he's, he's not going to improve by playing, by Reserve scoring football. 100 no. goals every game and sending him on loan seems daft. All right, so I'm going to go real optimistic now and go De Gea, Dallo, Twanzebe, Lindelof, Shaw, new signing, McSauce, Pogba, Greenwood, Rashford, Martial. That's my super optimistic take. And, if and where do you think that 11, team? Where do you think that team finishes in the league? Top of the league. <laughs> yeah, uh, top four though. No, genuinely, like, you, I don't you think see... that team hits the top four? I mean, it's, I, I it's, it's, it's not what, that what... different from the team that that's that's out on the pitch now. It's the uh, it's the sort of best version of the team that's out on the pitch now. It doesn't have Ashley Young in it, which is really important. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't have Chris Smalling or Phil Jones in it. Very important. Um, these are the big weaknesses. We're assuming that De Gea hasn't got the yips anymore. Like, let's let's assume that. That's a big, big difference to the team in the last two months. Um, 
And the the new midfielder is obviously very important because the new midfielder is going to have to be real good. Like that, that's key. And then Greenwood, Rashford and Martial is much better than most of the front threes that we've had in the last few months because it's been, well, often it's been a front two with Lukaku in it. So, yeah. you know, so there, there, yeah. there are key differences. <clears throat> I, I think there's zero chance that starting 11 will be in play, but, you know, maybe it's exciting. I, I, I'm, I'm worried. I have to say, honestly, I, I, I just, I don't think the club's moved on. All this talk of a technical director, which would really oversee coaching and levels between side, um, or a, or a director of football, which would oversee a long, long-term, uh, recruitment strategy. Like none of this happened. And in fact, the, the noises coming out of the club seem to be, they're kind of happy with the way it's, it's gone. You know, in fact, it's not even noises. Solskjaer said, Oh yeah, me and Mike have sat down and we've come up with a list and we think that's okay, you know. And I just don't. And unless that list is actually here are the weaknesses in the squad, the twelve or thirteen players. Here are three players per position we need to strengthen and mm. go out and sign them, which I don't believe it is, you know. And and here is a massive scouting list of players we have looked at, and they're not all. Yes, that tier one agent has him, and it's you know it's twenty million for the the agent fee and sixty million for the player, you know which isn't going to happen. There aren't going to be six or seven signings like that. There might be one, and I worry about that because it might be like Bale or James Rodriguez or some other washed up player. You know, so I'm super worried. I think there's Imagine. nothing in the like. I looked at the last <laughs> ten years of United signings. I reckon there's six who've actually, you could say, yeah, success. And there's a few on the fence. Imagine if we sign Hamas Rodriguez. <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, we want a player that's really going to fit into Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's style. I guess the one thing that Heinkes did with Rodriguez was play him as a deeper-lying playmaker. So you could maybe say there's, an, there's a reason to play Hamas in like deep-lying position, but Hamas in a deep-lying position in the oh, Prem yeah. is going to get chomped up, I he's think. Get, he's going to get smashed about. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, game's all about systems, isn't it? And uh, he just doesn't fit in an Ollie system. I, I don't know why I was talking about him because I just threw the name out, but mm. he'd also be in Pogba's zone. So it's an assumption that Pogba goes as well. So, the, um, um, yeah. The the key question for me about, because the, the structural problems at the club, I think when, when Mourinho was in situ, what we were saying over and over again as a kind of counter-argument to the people who said Jose is the hero and the truth against the evil Glazer monsters was that, um, first, obviously, Mourinho was being self-serving, but not even beyond that, what we need is a manager who's going to work within the confines of this um, limited and ultimately kind of broken system to get the best out of the players who he does end up with. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. You'd you'd get a manager who... Works with a limited budget, uh, knows how to mould younger players, takes a broken team and turns them into something, gets everyone believing. Who could that be? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we've not done that. And, and I was real happy uh, with the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And I really hope that he has a break, he comes back refreshed, He they take a hard line with the squad and there's a lot of like changing change over this summer, you know, even a kind of more players than you would say it's generally sensible to get rid of in a summer, get, get gone to kind of like clear the dead wood. And yeah. really like we talk about Twanzebe, Ghana, Greenwood, you know, really bring up a kind of 
a, a bunch of players into the first team from the youth ranks and from on loan. I'm not saying that's a guarantee of success, but I feel like given that, given that we're not going to get a technical director who's going to be really efficient in the transfer market, we should be looking at maximising what we do with our players. And the key question for me is, what is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's system? Are we a high-pressing team who are creating, carving open high percentage chance opportunities by winning the ball back high up the pitch? You know, if that's what we're going to be, then I'm happy about that. Like, that would be lovely to see that. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. If we're a low-block team that just plays on the break most of the time, I think it's unlikely that that's going to be successful. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly in those four games, that's the the, the former is what Oli wanted to play. It's the system that Liverpool, City, Barcelona, Ajax, Tottenham to a different extent um, play. You know, it's it's like, and I'm not saying it's because these, these systems like come in and out of favour, um, but the, the high press, uh, win it back in the opposition to take advantage um uh athletic speedy possession based team is those are the teams that are being successful right now so you know if, if you take that as a mold then there's a lot to work with um awful lot of players have to move on i mean you, you cannot have Mata, matic smalling jones because they can't pass the ball young because he's no longer got any leg um lukaku because he can't move you can't have any of those players anywhere near the team to play that system. Uh, the only one of those who you maybe could have would be Phil Jones, and you can't have Phil Jones because he's worth a goal every three games, 100% guaranteed to the opposition. So that's a problem. But like you're abs- everyone else, I completely agree. They For that to happen, they all have to go. And we know Young isn't going. And and I can't think of any more chilling words to end this podcast on than we know Young isn't going. So <laughs> that's that is the the ultra bleak note on which to end. But I did want to say um, I've found it very difficult to um, watch football the last two months. Um, but one thing I, I wanted to say. Uh, the number of people that have told us this season, obviously we get negative feedback, get told we're boring, we get you know we get criticism um for doing this podcast but but overwhelmingly we get incredibly positive and kind feedback about doing this show and by f- like easily 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 the only reason we're still doing this show is because you lot like it because if we weren't if we weren't getting active feedback that people like and value the show and appreciate it as part of their lives and their kind of their engagement with football in general um like this, this show would be super over and it's going to be our 10 year anniversary when, when we come back. And, and when, if you'd said when we started that we would still be doing this podcast in 10 years and it would have grown to the level that it's grown to and and had the kind of consistency of followers. And obviously there's been people who've been with us for that whole 10 years, but along the ride, like loads of people have come along and um, it, it just means, it means so much. And it's, Every time that someone's either like WhatsApp me or messaged me on Instagram or dropped us an email, and I'm sure you get positive comments on Twitter, Ed. I, I, I don't know if they're drowned out by people calling you the C word for your general Twitter <laughs> no. opinions, but <laughs> um, but yeah. And when I was on Twitter, obviously, like got loads and loads and loads of nice words about the podcast. So yeah. um, no, no I don't get too many death threats at the moment because my <laughs> particular particular brand of 
cynicism is is kind of fitting in nicely. Um, <laughs> but he's, get, he's getting dusty in this room here, Paul. You know those words. <laughs> yeah, a little bit dusty. Well, you, I haven't even started on you yet, Ed. My partner in podcasting for ten years, known each other since I was four years old, and you were twelve or something because you're so much older. No, that's not true. Um, and uh, it's it's so nice to have an excuse to touch base every week. And we always talk about life in and around the recording of the podcast. And it, it you know, I, I've never done anything with anyone as much as I've podcasted with you. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, 10 years, that's, that's a long relationship, you know. Uh, that is. And uh, do you think we'll win the league title again in the next ten years? <laughs> uh, no, no. God, I, I, don't, I maybe, I maybe one. It could happen. You know, think. Leicester won the league. I mean, I know even like leaving aside Leicester winning the league, it, the it would not take that much for the structures at the club to change. I mean, I, I think the almost the most important job that would have to change is you'd have to take Woodward out of the. Woodward, the football side of the club, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, yeah. and like, everyone talks about the market, but it, it is the thing, right? Recruitment strategy is deeply, deeply important in football. I mean, you have to have great coaching, you have to have great systems, you have to have, understand how to bring players up from five years old when they first come to the club to the first team. That whole route and that has to be structured. You have to have great facilities, all of that. But, but as you're evolving your squad acquisitions 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 it's and, you know it's 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 so important and it is not about um it's not about spending the most obviously no 991 million i added it up in la- the last 10 years we've spent okay recruit you know re- recouped a lot of that as well not well, some of it some <laughs> a lots of a lots of big words <laughs> a billion pounds in 10 years you thought We'd have bought some decent players. <laughs> if you look at Spurs, and like everyone talks about Spurs because they they haven't bought, they didn't buy anyone last summer. It's the first time in the whole history of the Premier League that any team's ever gone through a summer transfer window and not bought anyone. But at every level of Spurs' acquisition, there is structure, purpose, um, good sense, like they're, they're buying the right kind of player for the right kind of role. And then you also have the kind of football now of Pochettino where you buy a player like Sissoko and bring him through to the level of where he's like the absolute best version of Sissoko that's ever existed, you know. Um, so even, even a team that like, you can't say they've bought loads and loads of players, but but that it's not like that team is all Youth Academy products, is it? It's, it's mostly sensible acquisitions with a few Youth Academy products yeah, sure. in, in, the, sure. in the mix. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, um, thank you very much for listening for this season. Uh, the plan for the summer is that we're going to have a proper break this year. We didn't have one last year because of the World Cup. This season, I have to say, has been particularly draining and difficult to find the energy to do this podcast every week. So we're going to have a proper break. We're going to be back in August um, to preview the season, the Premier League season. And I'm going to try and do some bonus stuff a bit later in the summer um, as I've done before in, in non-World Cup years, get some interviews and that sort of thing. Just just put a few podcasts out. But we're not going to be doing regular shows in the summer covering the transfer nonsense. If if something absolutely extraordinary happens, I'm sure we'll convene to discuss that as as we always would. 120 million on Gareth Bale. <laughs> I'm not doing a, who'll listen, play 20 games next season. I'm not doing a podcast just because we signed Gareth Bale. No. That is not worth it. 
No, no, it's Leo Messi or nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so thank you very, very much for listening. Have a brilliant summer, everyone. Remember to, uh, I'm sure you don't need us to tell you this, but remember to keep football in the appropriate context in which it belongs in your lives and enjoy everything else about life, even if football is utterly bizarre and difficult as a United fan at the moment. See you, have a great summer, and uh, we will speak to you soon-ish. I, and of course, uh, backers, stay tuned for your last bonus content of the season. Thanks, everyone. The Rankcast is produced by the hardest working man in show business, Tom Jenkins, and is brought to you by the people who choose to back us at patreon.com slash rankcast. Now, listen, I'll level with you. This probably isn't the week to start backing us, given there's probably not going to be another show until August. But if you want to support us, sort of retrospectively for all the stuff we've done over the course of the last 10 years almost, um, then head to patreon.com slash rankcast and sign up to back us. Um, if you back us at $5 a month plus VAT as you know by now no doubt you get some bonus content every week here's a little bit of a clip of this week's bonus content which is about the show itself and uh, in the meantime on behalf of Ed and myself thank you to everybody for listening and we'll see you next season uh, just just uh, scrolling back through all the, the previous podcasts uh, and uh, our first was called season preview yeah creative creative the second <laughs> Injury crisis, so nothing's changed. <laughs> Number three, what's up with Anderson? <laughs> oh, isn't that beautifully dated? Uh, and uh, another one, not dated, Chelsea's transfer ban. <laughs> Rank cast four. I don't remember that at all. No, I, 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 I don't, but uh, they've just got another one. So yeah. good stuff. Um, Le plus ça change. Yeah. Now it's what's up with Ander and Chelsea's transfer ban and injury crisis. But that's right. Uh, and if uh, Alexis Sanchez is still at the club in August, I'm refusing to do a season preview. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing that started to happen would be that, like, um, with, with Twitter and everything, it kind of grew and grew and grew, and and. Uh,